This is the Hockey Show with Dave Rothenberg, presented by the All-American Auto Group, the number one Ford auto group in the Northeast. Learn more at allamericanford.net. And an incredible Saturday morning to you and yours. Rothenberg with you on the Hockey Show right here on 98.7 ESPN. After Game 4, when the Rangers were barraged with a seven-goal onslaught by the Pittsburgh Penguins, I don't think anybody expected we would do the Hockey Show today and the Rangers would have tremendous life heading home for a Game 7 against the Pittsburgh Penguins. But down 2 nothing in Game 5, they fight back with a goal from Fox, a goal from Lafreniere, a goal from Truba, and a goal from Heedle. And they force a Game 6. And here we are. How did it play out? We will get to it this morning. Games three, four, and five. We'll get to that as well. Really, the hockey community coming together for an unbelievable cause. You're going to hear that. And we will get you all ready for game seven on Sunday. It is the hockey show brought to you by the All American Auto Group with locations in Paramus, Hackensack, Old Bridge, and Point Pleasant. And Slomans call 1 800. Alarm me to receive a free doorbell camera with the installation of your Sloman Shield. Keep your family safe. Call 1-800-ALARM-ME. So last night, Game 6 in Pittsburgh, no Sidney Crosby. Would that be the difference that would help the Rangers get over the hump? We, we didn't know, and now we know. First period, back and forth we go. Pittsburgh probably getting the better of the play. Rangers defense on their heels. And at 14-12, Jeff Carter scores, making it 1-0 Pittsburgh. And all of a sudden, you had that sinking feeling in your stomach of, oh, no, here we go again. And it only got worse about a minute and a half later at 15-48. Brian Rust with the goal. Assist to Gensel, who has killed the Rangers in this series, Two nothing Penguins. We head to the second period, which has been a great period for the Rangers in this series. We saw it in game two. We saw it in game five. And now yet again, here we are. Game six, five oh five of period two. And the first time in this postseason, this happened. Strong, one-timers up, and a chance scores! His first of the series, and what a time to do it! A Rangers power play goal, and it's 2-1 in game six, with over five gone by in the second. And that was Ed Cohen, is heard right here on 98.7 ESPN. Zabinijad, his first of the postseason on the power play. Ryan Stroman, Adam Fox with the assist. We are now sitting here at 2-1. The lead is cut in half. But that lead goes from half to all tied up just a minute 16 later. Near right corner, it's Fox. Adam Fox looking for a window. One-timer, and they score! Zabanichad on Corks one in a traffic. His second goal in a span of nearly two minutes. And the Rangers have tied the game at two Boy, here in game six. 
And the magic of Mika strikes again. 2-2. His second of the game. His second of the period. And his second of the postseason. Fox and Lindgren with the assist. And now we're tied at two. And back on the power play. And at 13-48. Oh my, that 50-goal scorer. Zabanachad moves it, gone save, rebound, score! It's Chris Kreider, and the top line delivers for the Rangers again on the power play. It's 3-2. Oh, they sure did deliver. Kreider the goal on the power play, his third. Uh, Mika Zabanachad and Igor Shosturkin, who made a sensational outlet pass. And all of a sudden, the Rangers had a 3-2 lead. Uh, had another power play because it was actually a four-minute man, man advantage. They It was killed off. Pittsburgh then uh, intercepts a pass. Uh, Truba goes cross-ice looking for Keandre Miller. Malkin picks it off, goes in, scores at 16.36 of the second. We're now tied at three. So, people, there was an immense amount of stress but the guy who had scored no goals through five full games and a period, well, you know what? He found a way to score again. Zabanachat for Kreider. Unload, shot deflected, and trickles in! My goodness, the Rangers have scored with 128 to play, and they lead 4-3. to three. It's a hat trick for Mika Zibanejad and the Rangers with a 4-3 win. Only 128 to go in the game. And a minute and one second later, a little icing on the proverbial cake. 30 seconds to go. In the zone, chased by Rooney. Backhand to Cop scores into the empty net with 26.4 to go. Rangers 5, the Penguins 3. What and you, get ready for Game 7 Sunday. What are you Sunday. doing on what are you doing on Sunday? You will be watching or listening or at the Garden for Game 7, Rangers and the Penguins. Chris Kreider, what has allowed this club to come back over the last two games? Good coaches, good young guys, good vets, good room. I mean, we've, we've been able to you know, come together as a team through hard times over the course of the, over the year. Of course, the, the last couple of years, I think it's been a long time coming for us. So, you know, regardless of the situation, I'm proud, proud of the way this team competes, whether we're down, whether we're up, trying to get to our game, trying to play the same way. Just phenomenal stuff from the Rangers. And you you saw as they skated off the ice last night, Kreider was greeting all of them, kind of giving them a pat on the back, saying, great job, guys, one more win to get. Gerard Gallant, after the game last night, his thoughts on the upcoming Game 7. It's exciting, you know. uh, Three days ago, we were down 3-1, and now we got a chance to go back home and win a Game 7. But uh, you know what? The first two were were battles, and we had to win hard, and nothing's going to change in the next one. I mean, home ice is great, but it's going to be a great game. Oh, my God. The stress level will be through the roof. So, people, here we are. You thought they were dead? They're not. You thought Jason Voorhees was dead? He's not. Mike Myers? No. May 13th, Friday the 13th, maybe a day that lives in hockey history. So here's what we're going to do. Quick break, come back, look at games three, four, and five. A lot more discussion on game six. Get into a charity event, which you really need to hear about this day in hockey history. It's all happening as we get started on a very emotional hockey show on a Saturday morning right here on 98.7 ESPN. 
Andy from Merrick presents today's Defensive Analytics, sponsored by Slomans, the leader in home defense. When Barry Trotz came to the island following a Stanley Cup win with Washington, he took an organization that was dead last in defense and immediately turned them into the best defensive team in the league, followed by two straight conference finals appearances. This past season didn't go as expected, but that is not on Trotz and the leadership he brings on a daily basis. To paraphrase the coach, if you want to go somewhere quickly, go alone. If you want to go somewhere far, you go as a group. We thank you, Barry, for bringing this team back to relevance. Now back to The Hockey Show with Dave Rothenberg. Presented by the All-American Auto Group. The number one Ford auto group in the Northeast. Learn more at allamericanford.net. This is Tom Laidlaw, the New York Rangers. You are listening to The Hockey Show with Dave Rothenberg on 98.7 ESPN New York. Well, thank you, Tom. And we really have covered game six um, splendidly with a fine-tooth comb. And now we turn our attention to what we've seen earlier in this series, games three, four, and five. So let's bring you back uh, last Saturday night. uh, And it's the Rangers. And, of course, it is the Pittsburgh Penguins. It's a series tied 1-1. Now, Pittsburgh scores at 157 of the opening period. And then Capo Caco ties the game at 1-1. Before that first period is out, um, Pittsburgh has really exploded. Jeff Carter with the goal, Evan Rodriguez with the goal, and then another one makes it 4-1. It was so bad, in fact, that Igor Shosturkin pulled from the game. But in the second period, the Rangers kind of got their act together a little bit and straightened themselves out at 6-51. It was Frank Vitrano with his second of the postseason, making it 4-2. And then at 7:58, it was this. Pocket for Tang's got Strom in his back pocket, finds Matheson, but the cop steals it away to Panarin. He just can't corral it, but it goes up to Strom and Deming with a save. Another rebound, another save by Deming, and the second rebound trickles wide. Strom tries a between-the-legs pass, goes to Fox. Fox drives down to Panarin. Panarin far circle. Scores! Artemi Panarin makes it 4-3! He sure did, thanks to Don LaGreca and the dulcet tones of one uh, Don LaGreca right here on 98.7 ESPN. So now it's 4-3, and later in period number two, amazingly enough, from down 4-1, this baby was all tied up. 40 seconds gone on the kill. Rooney trying to take it away, and does. Here's Rooney on a backhand, and a save by Deming. Rebound batted out of the air, and the Rangers score! The Rangers tie the game with a short-handed goal, as it's batted right out of the air, and the Rangers come out of nowhere as Andrew Kopp with the backhanded, short-handed goal. We're tied at four. And thanks to Don again, and courtesy right here of 98.7 ESPN. So now we're tied at four. Now, if you remember this one, the goal came off the, I guess it's not moorings anymore, the magnets, and um, the puck went in after the goal was already off, but it was so obvious that it should have been a goal that, in fact, it was counted. So now, at 15.59, that cop call goal shorthanded we're 4-4 we head into the third period Rangers had numerous chances on the power play couldn't capitalize and about halfway through the period well the Rangers let up a goal squirts over to Malkin in the near corner he's bumped off the puck and gets it back with a shot and he scores and Pittsburgh takes a 5-4 lead 
That made it 5-4. couple of empty netters made it 6-4 and 7-4. And that's your final score. Game three, Penguins seven, Rangers four. Gerard Gallant after the game. Boy, that was a roller coaster. It was a lever. Yeah. yeah, obviously a slow start to the game. And you know, we, we knew they were going to come out. I mean, we came out of their building real hard in the first period. And they did the same tonight. But they kept it going for the first the full 20 minutes. And, you know, we got behind, obviously. And I had a lot of trouble. So I'm proud of my team. We bounced back. And we played hard the rest of the game. And it's unfortunate. But, uh, you know, that's the way she goes. And we'll get back at them again next game. Well, well, we'll see about that in just a moment. But it was, again, a 4-4 game. It really wasn't a three-goal deficit. Two empty netters made it look worse than, in fact, it was. More from the head coach. Why uh, such a slow start in Game 3? I have no idea. It's <laughs> stuff happens. You prepare the same way. You get them ready to play the same way. And like I said, the, the fans definitely help in every building. So it was no different than what it was in our building in the first game. You know, we had a great start to the game. We had great forechecking. And... You know, they got a couple of fortunate bounces. You know, they played well. They dominated the first. But after that, uh, I thought we played really well. Made mention earlier that the Rangers made a, uh, a change in goal at the end of period number one. Why did you pull the goalie, coach? You look at it and you say, you know, I mean, again, two of them were lucky bounces. And, you know, it's 4-1. You want to change momentum a little bit sometimes. And Ego has been outstanding. And really, you look at it right now and he's played... 10 periods in the last basically four, four and a half days, five days, whatever it is. So I thought it was a good time to, you know, jump started. And fortunately for us, we battled back in the second and tied it up. And unfortunately, in the third, they got a goal. So, but I like the way our team didn't quit. I was, I was proud of them for that. And we'll be ready to go next game. All right. So here's the question then. Was sitting Igor more about rest than really anything else? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. I mean, like I said, it's 4-1. <laughs> it was totally tilted. Yeah. And... Sometimes you spark your team with a goalie change. Eko has been our MVP all season, as everybody knows, and, and in the playoffs. So I thought we'd give him a little rest tonight and uh, hopefully spark our team, and it worked. Let's uh, take a listen to the man that put up 50-plus goals this season. Here is Chris Kreider, and, oh, boy, he was not happy with that first period. I don't think we got to our game nearly quick enough. I don't think we're playing together, especially at this point in the season effort. It's not something you question. It's a matter of working smart, not just hard. It's a good learning experience for our group, first period at least, but first road period on the road in the playoffs. Obviously, like the response, but there have been moments over the course of the year we put ourselves in positions like that and able to, been able to claw back, but that's not something you can do in the playoffs, so something we've got to rectify quickly. All right, Chris, what uh, changed in the second period for your team? Started playing together, uh, got out of our own heads, and started connecting the dots, established a forecheck, started working smart, not just hard. The easiest way to play defense is by making them play defense and playing offense, and we're able to roll forward and get in on them and force turnovers, force offense. So that's something we need to do for a full 60. All right, so there you have it. You heard from the head coach. You heard from Chris Kreider. Rangers lose that one 7-4 after it was tied at 4 midway through period number 3. You figured game 4, Rangers would come out and play a, a really, really, really good game. Well, it started out well because at 2.06 of the first period, Alexei Lafreniere has played excellent so far in this series against Pittsburgh. He scores his first of the postseason from Braden Schneider. That's at, um, that's at 2.06 and... And then I think it's fair to say the, the floodgates kind of open. Sidney Crosby on the power play uh, at 11-17, tying it at one. Second period was an absolute disaster. Mike Matheson, 2-1. Jake Gensel, 3-1. Mark Friedman, 4-1. Fox scores, makes it 4-2. You think maybe they've stopped the bleeding a little bit, but at 18-53, uh, Heinen scores to make it 5-2. And then 40 seconds later, Jeff Carter scores 6-2. 
Um, Shesterkin out of the game yet again. In the third period, Malkin makes it 7-2. The second consecutive game. The Rangers allowed seven goals on the road in Pittsburgh. You could make excuses for game three. Slow start, got better after that, tied the game at four. There were no excuses. Game four was a disaster. Here is Gerard Gallant, what he saw in period number two. As we got away from it, one goal, two goals, uh, played soft. We were soft all over the ice. That's the biggest difference. We were soft all over the ice. He just used the phrase soft, the word soft, three times in a 10-second soundbite. And I don't think there's anything more damning for a professional athlete than to have your coach come out and say, in fact, you are and were soft. That is a terrible phrase to have used against you. Uh, More from Glant after the game. Is the team's inexperience kind of showing here? I wouldn't use the word inexperience. I'd use the word not committed to playing the right way. You know, I mean, we played the right way in in, uh, in New York. There's no reason why we can't wait play the right way tonight. And uh, it's not from the inexperienced guys either. I mean, they're they're a part of our group. But tonight, you're seeing a lot of a lot of soft, bad plays by a lot of people. It was a team effort tonight. And it was an awful team effort in the game uh, for game four. The Rangers lost it seven two. Did the defense coach lack commitment in game four? Especially tonight, yeah, definitely. Yeah. No, there wasn't much commitment to playing defense tonight. So you heard Gerard Glantz say, um, you know, his, his opinion on the inexperienced showing or, or maybe wasn't really showing. Jacob Truba was asked the same question, is inexperienced showing in this series? I don't think so. I, think, I don't think we've ever been worried about inexperience. I think uh, I mean, we've played hockey long enough and watched the playoffs long enough. We all know what to expect. And I mean, we've all played big games in the past. I don't think it's uh, an inexperienced thing at all. I don't think we're ever going to use that as an excuse. I think we feel we're, we're ready to play and we feel we can play with that team. And like I said, we're going we're gonna to come to game five and be ready to play and win that game. So then one more, Jacob. Were you surprised by this awful team performance? Yeah, I mean, I don't think you're going to find a guy who's happy with that performance. I mean, there's not really a whole lot to say past that. I think uh, we, we know we got to be better to a man. And like I said, we're going to show up to game five and put that behind us and be ready to play. So now let's set the stage. Rangers get embarrassed in game four. Game five takes place on Wednesday night of this week. Could the Rangers compete and play well and force at, a, at least a game six? Well, we will find out in just a moment here. And it didn't start out well by any stretch. Garden crowd, a little late in arriving, maybe not the same passion and vigor that we had in games one and two. But when we got down to brass taxes, the uh, the Rangers fan, of course, was full throat. Maybe they were full throat until 10-28 of period number one. And that's when Jake Gensel scored again his sixth, making it one nothing for the Penguins. We go to the first intermission, one nothing. second period, 7.58, um, kind of a two-on-one down low against Shesterkin. Chris Letang scores, uh, Malkin and Zucker with the assist, and it is now 2 nothing. It is now panic time for the Rangers. But with 4.49 left in period number two, it changed, and it changed quickly. Puck comes around to Cop To the right point, Fox. Fox has some room. Walks in, shoots, he scores! Adam Fox puts the Rangers on the board. They now trail 2-1. to one. Well, thanks, Kenny Albert. That's right here, uh, as you heard, on 98.7 ESPN. So Fox is third of the postseason. Cop and Strom with the assist. And that two-goal lead was now a one-goal deficit at 15-11. A minute 30 later, and there was no deficit for the Rangers. Truba dropping it off. Now takes the return pass in the corner. In behind the net. Out in front, Lafreniere scores! 
We are tied at two. Beautiful pass from Kako to Lafreniere, wide open in front, his second of the series. Truba with the assist as well. So it's 16-41. It's a brand new hockey game. And a minute 12 after that, amazingly enough, the Rangers had the lead. Truba has it at the right point. Sidesteps Carter. Moving in. Truba. Backhand shot. He scores! 3-2 Rangers! Unbelievable. Well, don't celebrate it for too long because before they announced the goal, uh, Shesterkin had given the puck away and Jake Gensel hopped on it, scored 3-3, Gensel's seventh already of the series. But we go to the third period. Rangers on the power play, and here is Kenny Albert. Votrato lost control of the puck. Now comes to Heedle who shoots and scores! Philip Heedle gives the Rangers the lead with a power play goal early in period three. Heedle with the goal. The power play is first to the playoffs. Lafreniere and Vetrano with the assist. Rangers with a 4-3 lead. They add an empty netter from appropriately Ryan Lindgren, who went out there and clearly was hobbled, but found a way to get it done. At 19.44, Lindgren with the empty netter. Rangers win, and as we know, live to see another day. Here is the head coach. Is that kind of what you were looking for, coach? They were competitive as hell tonight, and that's what we wanted from them. Be competitive, be, you know, try and win a lot of one-on-one battles, and we played hard. And down to nothing, but we still played hard the whole time, and we battled back. And you know, once we got that first goal, it was a it was a big boost for our club. And the Rangers kind of turned it on after that, and a huge reason: the kid line. Here is Gerard Gallant on the kid line. Yeah, they played good. They played good all series long, but they were exciting. And I thought everybody played well tonight. Everybody did their job to a T, and that's what we have to do to win. Now, Jacob Truba hit Sidney Crosby. He was seemingly stunned. Um, tried to go out there, couldn't really skate. Left the game. How much did that change the complexion of things, Coach? Well, obviously, he's one of the best players in the world. So, you know, they, they still had some good chances. They still create a lot. But, uh, you know, he's a great player for them, and hopefully he's okay. Now, his counterpart, Mike Sullivan, on the other side was asked about that hit from Jacob Truba. Mike, did you feel there was intent on the part of Truba on that hit? Did you see the hit? I did. You probably have the same opinion I do. I don't know if you feel this way, but I don't think that Mike Sullivan was very happy after the hit. So Rangers with a 5-3 victory, extending the season at least one more day. Alexei Lafreniere, well, he was pretty pleased with how the club played. I think we played good. We played a good 60 minutes, and uh, you know they had some good time in our zone, but I think we defended really well, and uh, you know we played a good, solid, all-around game, I think. Alexei's first ever foray into the postseason. You enjoying things? Yeah, I think it's a lot of fun. Like you said, we're, we're having fun, but uh, it's, you got to work hard every shift. Uh, every shift matter, and that's, uh, that's what makes it that much fun. All right, there you have it. So Rangers uh, escape and, and extend the series, and they get a victory in Game 5. When we return... Uh, we try to do the best we can on this show by bringing awareness to anything that's that's of, of good nature, raising money, helping in the hockey community. And we will do that tremendously next. You want to stay tuned for this. It's a very important interview that will happen. Uh, it is Dave Rothenberg with The Hockey Show right here on a Saturday morning on 98.7 ESPN. Let's get a little extra money in your pocket. Andy Fomera presents... Wager plays, and this week we focus on the chip, the most iconic trophy in sports, Lord Stanley's Cup. As the playoffs roll on, the Colorado Avalanche remain the odds-on favorite to win it all. 
for those who want an alternative route, consider some coin on the Toronto Maple Leafs. Matthews, Marner, and Tavares lead an explosive offense and give the best shot for this team to hoist the cup since they last did so in 1967. Andy from Merrick's Wager Plays are for entertainment only. As always, bet with your head, not with your heart. Gambling problem? Dial 877-8-HOPE-NY or text H-O-P-E-N-Y. Back to the Hockey Show with Dave Rothenberg. Presented by the All-American Auto Group. The number one Ford auto group in the Northeast. Learn more at allamericanford.net. This is Adam Graves of the New York Rangers. You're listening to the Hockey Show with Dave Rothenberg on 98.7 ESPN New York. And that'll never get old. So obviously a ton of Rangers conversation today, but we on the hockey show like to look bigger picture. And if there's ever a time we can give back to the hockey community and help and raise awareness, we certainly want to do that. Well, later today, there is a a huge charity hockey game coming down the pike. So I wanted to bring on two guys to help us break it down, explain exactly what the charity is, how you out there uh, can get involved. Let's bring in Chris Cosentino and uh, Jake Dowell will join us here. Now, Chris is the director of marketing and and communications for the Huntington's Disease Society of America. Jake, Stanley Cup champion and also Huntington's disease advocate and captain of team HDSA for the game later today. Guys, we'll start with you, Chris. Thank you so much uh, for joining us this morning. Appreciate it. Oh, thank you. This is great. So let me start here because I'm sure a lot of people and myself before I read this press release didn't even realize what what is Huntington's disease? So Huntington's disease is a, a neurodegenerative um, brain disorder. Um, I guess the best way to describe it for most people to understand, it's the symptoms of HD. It's like having ALS, Parkinson's, and Alzheimer's all rolled into one. Um, you know, I think one of the most devastating parts of this disease is that it runs in the family. So it's, uh, it's hereditary. So every child of a parent with HD has a 50-50 chance of, of getting the disease. Um, you know, there's no cure right now. And, um, you know, obviously events like today, um, you know, really, you know, shine a light on, on this disease and help us raise awareness and, and some money. And, um, yeah, it's uh, in May is also HD Awareness Month. So it all ties in together. But, um, yeah, it's, a, it's an absolutely devastating disease. And, um, you know, I think Jay can definitely share his story um, you know, in more detail because um, he's a lot more closer to it than I am. All right, Jake, why don't you kind of take the reins here and tell us about your experiences and how you got involved with this uh, with this charity? Yeah, and uh, first off, I'd like to say thanks for having us on here and uh, and, and helping us spread the, the awareness for for this event. Um, and you know, I grew up in Wisconsin, and uh, unfortunately, my my father and my brother um, inherited uh, this horrible disease, and uh, and we've lost both of them to that. Um, so it's it's been a part of my life since uh, about my sophomore year of high school. We found out my dad had it, and then my brother had a juvenile onset of it. Um, so. It's been a big part of my life for um, many years now, and, and then now that I've got a family of my own, and um, you know, I, I've gotten tested, found out that I do not have it, so I can't pass it on, and um, so that's that's one one positive for my family out of this. But um, it's just really one of those things that's 
Um, now that I now that I know that I don't have it, it's, it's my job to uh, do everything I can to to help uh, raise awareness and funds to to uh, find a cure ultimately. So so we sit here this morning, Chris and, and Jake, and and obviously it's it's devastating. And hearing the stories really kind of make you step back and, and look at real life aside from just the the fun sports world that we talk about all the time. But today's a day that people can help. They can you know ha- have fun. Uh, by by going out and supporting this great cause. So, uh, Chris, I- explain to us what's going on today and how people can certainly get involved themselves. Yeah, so we've got the the, the inaugural uh, HD Hockey Classic. Uh, the puck's going to drop at one thirty today um, at the RWJ Barnabas Health Hockey House um, in Newark. Uh, it's adjacent to, it's connected to the, the Prudential Center. Um, and we've partnered with the New Jersey Devils, who have been incredible um, so, but basically what we're doing is, you know, for years, you know, I've been with the organization now for eight years and when I first started, um, you know, I, I really connected with Jake and, and Jake was still playing at the time. And for years we're saying, okay, we got to put some kind of hockey event together. And, um, you know, this year being a, an Olympic year and, and, uh, you know, the idea kind of came about as far as, Hey, let's, let's do a, do an event, uh, a hockey event this year. And, and for years we've been trying to partner with the Huntington Society of Canada. And it just seemed like a, you know, a fit, you know, to, to finally put a hockey game together between the Huntington's Disease Society of America and the Huntington Society of Canada. And, uh, yeah, so today it's, it's going to be incredible. You know, we've got two great teams, uh, some former NHLers playing in the game, um, a ton, you know, everybody else, it seems like it played at a high level, either the American Hockey League or, um, you know, top college hockey. And um, so, yeah, we've got a ton of events, uh, you, know, you know, things going on throughout the game. Obviously, the on-ice stuff is going to be exciting, but off the ice, we're doing a chuck-a-puck, and, and uh, the winner of the chuck-a-puck contest will win a, uh, a signed um, Jack Hughes jersey. Um, the Devils were great to uh, supply us with that. And uh, we're doing 50-50 raffles. The Devils mascot's going to be on hand. Um, yeah, it's, it's going to be an incredible atmosphere. Um, you know, the, the Devils were able to get uh, Colin White, um, you know, to play. Uh, he's going to be the captain of uh, Team HSC. Jake is going to be uh, the captain of Team HDSA. Uh, we also have Rob Scuderi, who won a couple of cups with the Kings and, um, and the Penguins. He's going to be playing for Team HDSA. So, yeah, it's going to be great hockey. Um, and we have some, some current college players playing in the game. Uh, we have some uh, players from Long Island University. Uh, New York University. So, yeah, it's like I said, the, the on-ice action is going to be fun, um, but it's definitely going to be a great event for the entire family. So, guys, I'm looking at the press release, and Chris, this is this is specifically towards you. I mean, you just mentioned, I mean, uh, intermission contests, entertainment, raffles, player meet-and-greets, special guests, and, and so much more. So h- how does this work? Do people have to have tickets in advance? Can they just show up today at 1.30 and purchase tickets? What What's the best way to go about this? Because we want to help you guys as much as possible. So what's the best uh, message we can send here? Yeah, listen, we, we've got, I think right now, I mean, we're expecting more than, uh, you know, uh, a couple hundred people are going to be at this game. And uh, so I definitely encourage folks to visit hdsa.org slash hockey, um, you know, to learn more about the event. They can donate, um, you know, and, and buy tickets. Tickets are $10 for adults, five for kids. Um, but, yeah, you can also swing by the arena, um, you know, and, and purchase a ticket at the door. Um, but yeah, it's, it's like I said, we're, the atmosphere is going to be wild at this thing. And, and for a first year event, the expectations, we didn't know what to expect, to be honest with you. And, uh, like I said, we, we've been so lucky to partner with the devils. 
um, and everybody else who's come on board. You know, we have to certainly thank our sponsors, uh, Teva Pharmaceuticals and Unicure. Um, and the game is also going to be broadcast on YouTube um, by a great, um, you know, uh, streaming team uh, at Midnight Sports. Uh, so you can follow them on their uh, YouTube channel, Midnight Sports. Uh, it, like I said, it's uh, it, it's going to be an event that's fun for the whole family, um, for obviously for a great cause. And on top of that, Chris, you can actually participate and donate without even going, right? You can actually get involved in a virtual Chuck-a-Puck intermission contest? Correct, yeah. So, like I said, it, it was an event that when we started, it was like, all right, let's see, you know, let's see what this thing looks like. And next thing you know, we're getting responses from people all across the country and, and North America for that fact. You know, obviously, since it's uh, kind of this USA versus Canada uh, game, and we figured, all right, hey, we've got to find a way – to get more people involved in this thing. And I think going through the pandemic, you know, the past couple of years, you know, I think our organization's done a great job in transitioning a lot of our raffles and events to more of a virtual platform. So, yeah, folks can uh, go onto the site at hdsa.org slash hockey, um, and they can reserve a chuck-a-puck. And one of, the, one of our staff or members of the team will, will throw a puck for them virtually, and they have a shot at winning that Jack Hughes jersey. All right, so it's obviously for a great cause. It's the Huntington Disease Society of America. There's a big battle today against uh, Huntington Society of Canada. Chris Cosentino and, and Jake Dowell, kind enough to join us here this morning on the Hockey Show. So, Jake, it sounds like this is going to be pretty competitive hockey. Not that ultimately that's, that's the most important thing. Of course, raising awareness and, and money is certainly. But it sounds like there's, this is going to be this is not going to be just so, you know a bunch of schmoes out there kind of chopping it up. There's going to be some some decent hockey players players out on the ice yeah of course you get you get a bunch of hockey players together and it's uh you know it is like we said for for a great cause and everybody's there to have fun but there's still uh, a little bit of a competitive level there and instilled in everybody so i'm sure as the game goes on it'll keep getting uh, more and more competitive and and you're playing Canada, right? I mean, Canada. They think yeah, they invented. Canada, they think they Canada. invented the sport. They refuse to lose in any capacity to uh, to American hockey players. And I'm I'm sure in its own right that'll get competitive. No doubt. Yep. Like you said, whenever you get those two countries, uh, people representing the company countries and wearing those jerseys, it's it's always an honor. It's exciting, and and uh, so uh, no doubt we'll have we'll have a good pace and and some some great hockey out there. So uh, I'll ask this to both of you, but I'll start with you, Chris. What, what is the ultimate goal here? H- how big, like, I know this is the first year, and, like, is this something you see as an annual event? Is this every four years? Is the, is the goal to really make this a, a huge event and raise a ton of money and awareness, or is this kind of a, a, a one-time and we'll, we'll see how it goes? Yeah, listen, just seeing the response, you know, for this first one has been incredible. And and the plan when we had these initial conversations with the Huntington Society of Canada was, all right, we'll, we'll host the first one here in the state, and then next year we'll, we'll go up to Canada. And I think that was kind of the plan. Every year we'll, we'll alternate the location. Um, but, uh, yeah, like I said, it's uh, HD Awareness Month in May, and, you know, right in the middle of the month to have this incredible event uh, that brings, you know, a global audience. Uh, is incredible to, to raise that awareness. You know, not too many people know about HD. It's a rare disease. Um, you know, approximately 41,000 people in the United States are symptomatic right now. About 200,000 are at risk. So, you know, not too many people know about it. So anytime we have this opportunity to kind of, you know, put on an event like this that welcomes so many different people and introduces this disease to new people, um, you know, I think that's, that's the ultimate goal. And, um, you know, and, and like I said, for eight years, I've been involved with this organization 
you know, once people hear about the disease, they meet the families, they hear the stories, um, you know, they just get hooked. You know, they get so inspired. And, and um, you know, like I said, I, I, being a part of this community has changed my life. And, um, you know, to be able to put something like this on is, uh, is really special. So uh, definitely raise awareness this month, uh, introduce people to what HD is all about and, and hopefully get them involved. And Jake, I, I guess, is this something that typically affects kids? Does it wait until you're an adult or is this no rhyme or reason how or when or, or why it strikes anybody? Yeah, a lot of times it will, uh, in general, um, kind of start being symptomatic when in your middle, middle ages. But uh, like I said, my brother had a rare juvenile onset uh, when he was a teenager. So, so there is that aspect, too, and it does affect kids. Uh, sometimes, which it is more rare, but um, it, it can affect kids. Um, so it's one of those one of those things that um, you know, like the more awareness we can bring, the more people know about it, the more uh, people are proactive in, in uh, helping make sure that they don't have kids without you know taking pro- pro- proactive measures like the in vitro, uh, some of those things that that we can kind of get these uh, not have more and more children that are at risk and then and then grow up and have children and and uh you know keep the cycle going well i'm glad that we could have both of you on here this morning to to wait, raise awareness because i i'll be honest with you um and i'm thrilled that we got to have Jan. i didn't know a lot about huntington's disease before either of you joined the show so i'm glad that i learned a little bit that our listeners probably learned a little bit and now we have a way that we can actually give back because i find this boat chris the hockey community is so willing to step up and help. And, and again, I think most sports communities are, but it feels like there's a, a closer knit, maybe with the hockey community than with any other sporting community. So um, I, I just think it's it's important that we spread the word. And, and I think now from this and this interview and people hearing this this morning, they, they will come out and they will help you. Yeah, listen, it's the greatest sport in the world. You know, I, I played the game, you know, not, not, not the level Jake has, but, um, you know, the hockey community is such a small community that, you know, a lot of players that I played with played with Jake, and 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 they're involved in this game. And and you know, the game is is so incredible, mainly because of the, the people that are involved in it. And um, like I said, you know, for for the longest time, we've been trying to put together a hockey event because we know how how special the people are that are involved. And um, you know, even even you know, uh, you know, getting a, a very generous donation from you know someone like John Tortorella, and and getting. You know, once the hockey community heard about this thing, it uh, it really took off. And um, yeah, there's, there's nothing like a hockey player. And, and we knew that, you know, getting the right people involved in this thing uh, would be super special. Last one for you, Chris. You, you and you coached the Rangers after the lockout with uh, with torts. <laughs> so, yeah, so I, I was coaching NYU. Uh, I coached NYU for 10 years. And um, during the lockout in 2013, um I had reached out to Torts and, and, you know, I figured he wasn't doing anything during the lockout. We connected and we hit it off. And um, right when the lockout, he spoke to our team. And right when the lockout was, was about to end, uh, Torts called me up and he said, listen, I can't get on the ice, uh, but I want to get the players together and, and get them to work as soon as possible, you know, typical Torts fashion. And uh, he was like, I'm not sure if you're interested, but would you, you know, would you be willing to, to coach a team this week? And uh, I was like, yeah, I think I can squeeze that into my schedule. And uh, so, yeah, for three days, you know, I put the player, the whole team through it. And, uh, you know, it was, uh, you know, my buddies call it, uh, you know, my, my make-a-wish moment. You know, uh-huh. but it was, uh, 
it was it was something special. So yeah, I mean, I've been fortunate enough to, to keep that relationship with Torts, um, you know, going for almost ten years now, and uh, he's just an incredible, incredible person. And um, you know, the, the fact once he heard about this event, you know, he he wished he could have made it, you know, but uh, you know, with the playoffs and everything going on, his hands were a little tied. But um, like I said, he was he was able to make a, a very generous donation and um, you know, wish us all the best. So uh, yeah, Torts. Uh, you know, always have a, a special place with me. Um, but, um, yeah, that was a great experience for sure. I got to tell you, if that's me, my resume leads with that. And then in very, like, infinitesimal print, it says, you know, for, for, for from Monday to Wednesday of, of 2017 in, in May. I mean, that and that is, you know, New York Rangers head coach. But, guys, thank you so much uh, for joining us this morning. Really greatly appreciate it. Good luck with the event. Anything else we can do, Chris and, and Jake, just let us know. Bring it to our attention, and we'll certainly do anything um, humanly possible to help you guys. We appreciate it. Thank you. Thank you very much. All right, guys, that, of course, is Chris and Jake. Quick break, come back, and we'll put a bow on this show. Uh, Happy to certainly help the Huntington Disease Society of America. This is a Saturday morning. Dave Rothenberg with you, as always, right here. It's the Hockey Show on 98.7 ESPN. Today's Hockey Heart Spotlight shines on the Huntington's Disease Society of America. Later today, Huntington Disease Society of America will face off against their Canadian counterpart. These two organizations work tirelessly to support families and raise awareness and funds against this horrible disease. Pup Drop this afternoon will be at 1.30 at the RWJ Barnabas Health Hockey House in Newark and will feature contests, raffles, player meet and greets, and more. Do your part and support the team that is battling Huntington's disease by going to hdsa.org. Hockey Heart Spotlight is brought to you by the law offices of Andrew M. Cohn. For two decades, providing high-end legal services for families who have a child with a disability. The power play is to call 516-877-0595 or go to the web at amcohenlaw.com. Back to The Hockey Show with Dave Rothenberg. Presented by the All-American Auto Group. The number one Ford auto group in the Northeast. Learn more at allamericanford.net. And we continue with a very emotional hockey show. The morning after the Rangers with a sensational come from behind win in game six of round one of the Eastern Conference postseason Rangers. They're, they're the cardiac kids right now, people. Right down to nothing at home in game five. No problem. Down to nothing on the road. Game six. Again, no problem. It, of course, is the hockey show brought to you by Slowman's. Call 1 800 Alarm Me to receive a free doorbell camera with the installation of your Slowman Shield. Keep your family safe. Call 1 800 Alarm Me. Now, let's take a look at this day. In hockey history. Yes, this day in hockey history. There's the music. Now you know that it's something that happened way back. May 14th, 1993. Pittsburgh Penguins bid for a third consecutive Stanley Cup. Ends with a 4-3 overtime loss to the New York Islanders. Game 7 of the Patrick Division Final. Stunning the sellout crowd at the Civic Arena. Uh, David uh, Volek. A forward enters the game without a goal in the 93 Stanley Cup postseason. Scores his second of the night at 546 overtime for the victory. Islanders split the first six games of the series. 
and uh, lead 3-1 with less than four minutes to play in Game 7. However, Ron Francis scores at 16-13, sets up the tying goal by Rick Tockett with 60 seconds remaining to force overtime. Uh, Penguins have the better chance in OT until the Isles uh, get a two-on-one break. Ferraro, Ray Ferraro, sends a perfect pass to David Volick, beats Tom Barrasso. Boy, these are all names from my past. For the win, putting New York into the Wales. How about that? The Wales Conference Final. It's the Islanders' last playoff series victory until they defeat the Florida Panthers in six games in the 2016 Eastern Conference first round. And I remember watching that game. And I believe that was the game that Kevin Stevens got hit for the Penguins, was knocked unconscious when he was still skating and fell face first onto the ice, crushing like his nose, his orbital bone, his jaw, and having complete reconstructive surgery. So um, clearly a series that is very, very memorable all these years later. Now, big news outside of the Stanley Cup playoffs this week as well. The Islanders actually announced they fired head coach Barry Trotz. Quote, it would be a tremendous understatement to say that this was not an easy decision to make, Lou Lamarillo said in a phone conference with the media after Monday's announcement. Unfortunately, it is my role to make the best decisions for the organization going forward, and I believe that this group of players needs a new voice. That's an interesting quote. And this in no way is anything negative on Barry Trotz, who is each and every one of you knows, if you had the opportunity to meet him, is a tremendous human being. Well, nobody's questioning the the level of human being he might be, but needs a new voice is, I think it's clearly a, a statement on uh, on Barry Trotz. So there you have that this day in hockey history and big news for the Islanders locally here as they fire one of the great coaches uh, in all the NHL. Now let's take a look at the upcoming schedule presented by the All-American Auto Group at locations in Paramus, Hackensack, Old Bridge, and Point Pleasant, the number one Ford auto group in the Northeast, allamericanford.com. Net. There's only really one game that you need to care about locally here in New York. It's Sunday. It's game seven. It's at the Garden. It's against the Penguins. And it is right here on 98.7 ESPN. If they win, well, we'll get into future games, results, all of it on future hockey shows. But for the moment, one game and it takes place. On Sunday. Now we have a giveaway right now for you guys as well. An Islander signed puck to giveaway. Very easy to enter. Just oh my God. Yeah, I mean, this is big news. Just text goal G O A L to 44202. Again, that's goal to 44202. We'll select a winner at random and send them the signed puck, all from your home for the hookup 987 ESPN. All right, again, Rangers, Penguins, Sunday. At the Garden, lock in. You can catch all the action right here on 98.7 ESPN. Deep breath. This is going to be a hell of a weekend, people. Thanks, as always, to our executive producer, the great Andy from Merrick, the phenomenal Anthony Pusick, the yeoman's work by Ray Dinahan as well. Joe Wiz is next. I'll be back at 9 o'clock this morning. A lot of Rangers during the course of the Dave Rothenberg Show as well. Have an extra little poppy seed bagel this morning. It's good news, Rangers fans. Rothenberg with you on 98.7 ESPN. 
Thanks for listening to The Hockey Show with Dave Rothenberg, presented by the All-American Auto Group, the number one Ford auto group in the Northeast. Learn more at allamericanford.net.